Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank Robert and the elders for giving me an opportunity to do this. Um, I had an interesting week, and uh, as from my voice, you can probably tell I had a struggle with some uh, stuff there to affect my voice, but I believe I can say the things I need to say, and you can understand me. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about fathers today. And the scriptures are going to be coming out of Luke 15, and we're going to be talking about the prodigal son. The reason I wanted to start with that scripture, though, is because the reason we're here. We're here because Jesus made a way for us to be here. The whole chapter of Luke 15 is talking about being lost and being found. And it's a good chapter, so if you get a chance, read it. But <clears throat> Jesus put special emphasis on the last part of this. And I know you have probably heard various sermons about the prodigal son. And that's why I didn't want to talk about the prodigal son. I wanted to talk, I wanted to place emphasis on the father. Because in this story, that father is a replication of our father. And this, this, is, this is the meaning of this story. And it has a lot of impact. It's not taking anything away from what you've heard in the past. Because there was a lot going on with the younger son. And there was a lot going on with that older son. But as I was reading over and over, the father caught my attention. His behavior, because over the years, as I have studied about Christ and read about God, I've learned to put some emphasis on wanting to understand God's character. And looking at this father show you some of those things. Now, Robert gave me a good introduction of being a father, and I am a father. <coughs> uh, Wisdom, you know, I, I hope God has blessed me with some of that, okay? I, I, I think I've had a pretty good journey, okay? Linda traveled that journey with me, and I, I think we've had a pretty good time, okay? And, and, and that's one of the ways I, I landed on this particular sermon. Um, her and I was talking about the prodigal son and his father last week. And... Um, and we was looking at some of the things that was going on with the son, but we didn't talk that much about the father. And, and that's what I wanted to do today. Uh, <clears throat> the, the word I want to use, one of the key words in this is justice. Because this father did exercise some perfect wisdom in some of the things he was doing. The, the other thing that I want you to do for me before we get started. Uh, in, in the back of the bulletin, there's a place for you to write. I have five words I would like for you to write down. And I'll give you a few minutes to get what you need so you can write these words down for me. And I'm going to highlight these words as I go through my lesson. The first word is fairness. The second word is impartiality. 
The third word is righteousness. The fourth word is reason, the ability to reason. And the fifth one is even-handedness. I'm sure if I ask each of you to think about your father, <clears throat> there are probably some good thoughts. And I'm going to ask you to walk, walk with me down memory lane, really. Think about it. Think about your relationship with your father. Think what it was like. What did it mean to you to grow up with your father? Now, I'm not naive, and I know some people probably had bad experiences with their father. I know that. Hopefully, most of you had a good experience, though. Okay. But think about it. And think about what did that mean to you? The behavior, the things that were said to you, the interactions you had. Okay. What did it mean to you? When I talk to people, a lot of times I talk about talk to people about the phase of life. We go through phases of our lives. And there are key times in our lives and there are key things with key meanings to us in our lives. And we, we don't remember those. We don't, we don't forget those. Excuse me. We remember those and we use those like building blocks. Hopefully we use those things to move us to a better place. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it requires learning to do that. And when I think about my father, I look back at my father, my earliest memory of my father, he would, uh, he would set me in the steering wheel of his truck, and he would rock me. And I would, I would laugh. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was a very, very joyful moment for me. And, uh, you know, my father was a farmer, you know, and he'd be out in the fields, but Sometime I would be with him, and he, I, I had fun. That was the way he would really get me to laughing. And I remember that of him. There's another memory I have of my father. When we used to do things together, he would often make a comment to me. And that comment was, son, I'm not going to be with you always. And I didn't really grasp the meaning of that until some years later, of what that really meant. And that, the meaning of that really came to me <clears throat> in the reading of Malachi 2 and 15. And this is what it reads. The godly seed of your children, and they belong to God, give me a clear understanding, gave me a clear understanding of that statement. Because when the union of a mother and a father, that child belongs to God. And this is one of the things that I believe the father knew in this story. He understood that. Because he didn't seem to have any problem when his son asked of him to, to, for his living so he could leave. I'm going to get ready and read the parable to you. And then we're going to start going down some of the meanings 
that I want to present to you. I'm reading from Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set out to a distant land. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to a citizen in that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs was eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For, his, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. For he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the fields. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called the servant and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out to plead with him. But he asked his father, he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has swandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, 
and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Okay. Think about that for a few moments. Think about the position the father was in there on several occasions. The first occasion, the younger son made a request of his father. The scriptures don't indicate uh, if the father was grieved or difficult. But as a father, I know he was grieved. You know, many of you, some parents or you've had fathers before. And one of the things that Jesus does in his parables, he says things that applies to everyone. And even now, like I say, every one of you, either you have children of your own or you've been someone else's child. Think about if you made a request like that to your parents or your children made a request like this to you. At any rate, the meaning of the request is I am not satisfied with something here. The meaning of that request is, I am disappointed. One word is rebellion. The father knew the son was getting ready to move on. And I know the scriptures don't indicate it, but I know it grieved him. There are scriptures in in, uh, Hosea which talks about how God was grieved when the the nation of Israel moved away from him or they were disobedient. Fathers feel the same way when when their children are disobedient. And it puts them in a position. You want to get them back. Punishment is not always the first thing on your mind. There's a place for punishment, but that's not always the first thing on your mind. Okay. You begin thinking, how can I manage this situation? How can I make this situation into a teaching moment? Because, see, two things, when I read this as a father, and I, I know this father felt the same thing, too, is one thing is because of what the son wanted, it grieved the father because he knew the outcome was not going to be good. The outcome was not going to be good. The second one is, <clears throat> oftentimes when you listen to someone speak and they make a decision, it's difficult to convince them to change their mind. Because this is what has happened, Okay. Probably months before this came up, this person had already worked out in his mind what he wanted to do. And by the time it comes to fruition and it comes up, the mind is already made up. And I believe his father knew that. But you notice he didn't try to talk him out of it. The scriptures don't indicate that. Maybe he did, but the scriptures don't indicate that. What the scriptures does say is he did. Not only did he divide up 
the inheritance for the younger son, but he did it for the older son. Now, this is what that implies for me. That implies to me that this was probably maybe an elder father, and he probably was ready to disperse his wealth to his sons. He probably was ready to do that. Also, according to Jewish customs, most likely the older son got a double would receive a double proportion. When the father did this, though, the older son was willing to allow the father to keep his inheritance, but not the younger son. Okay. But once once again, though, it placed the father in a very difficult position, very emotional position. And, and this is the thing that we have to think about because now this is a story that Jesus is telling. That's a replication of us. Okay. How often do we walk away from our father? Our heavenly father. How often do we do things that move away from him? Think about creation. Adam and Eve was in a wonderful garden. Had everything they need, needed, but they were not content. Is there anything different with this young man here? Because from all indications, when I give you some of the scriptures that I have of what a father should do, I don't, I don't see where this father were not doing that. And and the the first scripture that I want to share with you is in Genesis 18, chapter 18, verses 18 and 19. And why are you getting there? I believe God placed a large responsibility on fathers. And it's important for fathers to understand that. Because in in, in the scheme of things, God has given everyone a responsibility. He gave fathers the responsibilities, gave mothers the responsibilities, and Mother's Day didn't pass already, so we won't say too much about that, but, you know, but this is the thing. You can't talk about fathers without talking about mothers. Just like you can't talk about man without talking about women. That's why it loses me how we go down this road of equality sometimes. Because from the very foundation, mankind cannot advance without either part. So I, I have no problem with equality. No one should, because God created it that way. But he also gave everyone their position. And there's a thing for fathers to do. So let me read in Genesis 18, 18 and 19. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations on earth shall be blessed in him, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and he shall keep the way of the Lord. Listen to this. To do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Okay? Justice and judgment. 
Those are hallmark statements of our father. If you read the Bible, there's numerous statements that talk about how just God is. That God is fair. How God treats us. Okay. And he treats us in a fair way. We are not treated unfairly by God. And once again, I don't believe his father was treating his son unfairly. But I believe the son didn't like the way his father was governing his household. And that's the reason I said it that way. Every one of us came up in our father's home and mother's home. And I, I, I can assure you at some point there was a point when we didn't agree with the way they ran the household. Yeah. Either because we thought we was younger and we knew more. But for some reason we felt that, you know what? Mom and dad is old-fashioned. Or they're not doing it the right way. They're behind the times. Okay? Yeah. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. Okay? And usually our, our parents, they usually just shake their head because guess what? They did it too. Yeah. Okay. But there's, a, there's another scripture I want to read to as I, as I look at this fatherhood piece. Okay. Because what I'm hearing here in Abraham is teaching is very important. And this is something that a father really needs to learn. Because he needs to teach his family about God. That's what God wants. That's what it tells me when I read in Malachi. He gave us the ability to bring children here, and he wants us to teach them to follow him. And every father needs to learn that, okay? Even though, as we get going, and, you know, and I want to tell you, uh, I had no, no idea I was going to be a father one day. Okay, I did. Uh, then, even when Linda and I was dating, we had the discussion about children, but you know, it came up, but I didn't, I didn't think that much about it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, after we got married, it came up again. And uh, so, but obviously we kind of know how that went. I have two kids. Okay. But the, my thinking early on was <clears throat> I learned quite a bit about the world and I really felt the world was a very unfair place. And my early thinking was, who wanted to bring somebody into this? That's how I looked at it. That's how I looked at it. Um, but as I, I became to know God, and, 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 as, as, and as me and my young wife got along the way, you know, <laughs> I, I started to look at it very differently. And, and this is why... It, Knowing and having a relationship with our spiritual father gave me a better understanding. Because, you know, when my son was born, as like any father, when you hold your son and you see this and you say, you go through all the wows and you call all the in-laws and say, I have a son. At some point, you're going to say, now what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, uh, I mean, you're going <clears> to... <throat> You're going to have the, the crying, you're going to have the diapers and, and all those things. And all that, all that was fun. You know, I, there, there's a moment I cherish uh, feeding my son. 
one afternoon, and uh, uh, it was some little meal Linda was giving him, and for some reason he didn't want to eat it. And uh, so she gave him to me to work at it. And I got him to start taking some of it. But he got to a point where he was done with me, too. And uh, I proceeded to kind of stuff it in there, you know? (laughs) And he proceeded to lock his little cheeks, you know? I mean, it was like, you know, so we went through that for a little while. And uh, so I had to, eventually, I gave up and I gave him back to mommy. And, uh, (laughs) but... But those are fun moments, fun moments in, in fatherhood. And, 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 and I really, I've had some wonderful times with my son over the years coming up. And, but going on our story, I, I have another scripture here I want to go, and you don't have to go to it. I just want to read it to you because like, so you can't talk about fathers without talking about mothers. Colossians three eighteen and 21. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. As it is fitting to the Lord. Husband loves your wives and do not be harsh to them. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, for they will become discouraged. Okay? Now, in our society, we sometimes we have we're having trouble with that word submit. But you know, I, I, I believe if two people come together in Christ and they are there for the true meaning of the relationship, I do not believe they will have any trouble with that word. Because if you have any understanding of the English language, that word has more than one meaning. And almost every word in the English language has more than one meaning. Okay? But from what we understand of the relationship of God, we are there for each other. There's no one there to submit or be dogged or controlled by the other. That is not the meaning of a heavenly relationship. Okay? This relationship is all about two people that, are, that, that agree in God to live their life together. Because that was the agreement with me and my wife. We have to keep God in this thing. Yeah. We can make it work if we keep God in it. And that was the understanding. Now, that don't mean we haven't had our difficulties. That don't mean we haven't had our ups and downs, okay? Because this is what I tell couples when I deal with couples, okay? You're still two people. And two people, you have developed a personality over the years, and it don't change overnight. And you have to learn how to merge that relationship. And that don't happen over. That does not happen overnight. Okay, and this is one of the joys that I've noticed. You know, even watching my children grow up, I enjoy watching their children grow up, seeing those personalities developed. Think about what goes into the development of a personality. What go? What went into the development of your personality? That was a lot of time. Time you either spent with mom, dad, brothers or sisters, aunts and uncles. That's a personality. And that doesn't change in a matter of days, in a matter of years. Okay? In actuality, it doesn't change at all. 
what happens in a relationship, you come to a point where you learn how to make those two personalities benefit from each other. Okay. Uh, some of the books I read, the, the individual writes, it calls, some of them call it a dance. Okay. Uh, I like to reference the Song of Solomon. But that's what relationships are about. That's what this is talking about. It's talking about coming together for the benefit. Coming together to benefit our Father. Everything we do should be to the benefit of God. And then the backside will be the blessings. That's what comes out of it. God will guide us through that. Okay. There, uh, <clears throat> but there's a couple more because I think these are some scriptures that I know I read as a young father, and I continue to read them because that that song "Art Led" this morning by Father Long that's a favorite song of mine. And because in a, in, in one of the reasons, there's a lot of times you're not going to understand what's going on. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to pray. And sometimes you're going to feel left out. Sometimes you're going to be saying, God, where, where are you? Okay. That's the feeling. But he's there. But the feeling will be there. Okay. But he's there. And, but the next scripture I want to read is Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. And I'll give you a few minutes if you want to get there. And it reads, <clears throat> a father's instructions, and it reads, listen, my son, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. I will give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I, too, was the son of my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold to my words with all your hearts. Keep my commandments and you will live. We're back to instructions. This is why we should take time. We should take time with our children. We should take time with our loved ones and talk about God. Talk about the meaning that God has in our life. Now, I believe this father did that, and I'm going to tell you why. When I look, the father going, the son going to him and asking him for his inheritance, okay? Somewhere he got the idea that dad is saving up something for me. He got that idea from somewhere, okay? So he asked a question, and the father did comply. Uh, one other, one other scripture in Psalm, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, in 13, 22, and 23, let me read that for you too. A good person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. For a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. An unplowed field produces food for the poor. But injustice sweeps it away. Okay. 
The result of justice is good things. Injustice take things away. How does it feel if someone cheats you? What's that feeling like? That's not a good feeling. It feels like someone is unfairly taking something away from you. That's not a good feeling. Now, those are some scriptures, though. I think if fathers read those, and there are others. These are some that's, that's just been important to me over the years. There are, there are others. You'll realize that God has a responsibility for fathers. And fathers should take it seriously. Amen. They should take it seriously. <clears throat> and we're going to go on with, my, with the parable here. Because God takes it seriously. Uh, the younger said to his father, give me the share of the estate. His father gave it to him. He divided it. Uh, and once again, I placed rebellion on this. Because a couple other things I was going on there, but I just wanted to use that word. And the reason I wanted to use that word, because that kind of sums it up. What are we doing when we walk away from God? What are we doing when we're not doing what God wants us to do? That's rebellion. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's rebellion. But there's, there's some other titles we can put to it. But, but, but to, to the simple matter that he divided it without question, though, shows that he was fair and he was impartial. Now, in the midst of his pain, he still did this between his two sons. Okay, now the son went away, and like to you, we kind of read the story. Bad luck fell on him, <clears throat> and he came, and he rehearsed what he was going to say to his father because he came to the conclusion or he came to the senses. I'm going to go back to my father Amen. because because. He decided to go back to his father for a couple reasons. <clears throat> but one of the main ones that I feel, he knew his father was a reasonable person. Now, if you read this parable, he rehearsed what he was going to say. He was going to go back to his father and he was going to tell his father, I've sinned against you and in, against heaven and against you. And I don't deserve to be your son anymore. Mm -hmm. He was going to go back to his father and tell him that. Okay. And he made his mind up. And he did that. And. When he was going back. To his father. His father saw him coming. A ways off. And went and hugged him. And he had rehearsed his script. And he started his script, but he didn't finish it. The father did not allow him to finish it. And the father did not say, aha, I knew it wasn't going to work. The father didn't say that. That wasn't what the father said. Amen. The father interrupted because he didn't want him to pass judgment on himself. 
Because, see, the, the rest of his statement was, I've sinned against you in heaven, and I don't deserve to be your son anymore. I want to be a hired, hired servant. The father didn't want to hear, didn't allow that to be said. Because the father took him back as a son. The same thing that happened to us when we slip away from our father and return. God is not going to hold that against us. He loves us. Now, see, this is and this is one of the points I want to make about our father responsibility. God created us. He created a savior to bring us out of the state that we was in. Because he knew we was going to mess it up. See, I hear a lot of people say, you know, God was so all knowing. Why did he let us make that mistake? Well, theologically, there's a lot of things can be said about that, but he had a solution. This is what fathers do. And this is what our father did. He had a solution in place. So because he knew just like this father knew when his son left. For instance, many of the things we've done. Our, our parents know, knew it was going to go wrong. The first time my son moved out from my house, I knew it wasn't a good situation, but I let him do it. And as soon as things went wrong, he came back. And I remember the day he said, Dad, can I have my room back? <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't say, uh huh. You know, I just told him, yeah. When are you going to move back in? You know, because, you know, it happens. We do those things. And we have to, we have to raise our children just like our God raised us, knowing you can come back to me. I'm not going to alienate you. Our father didn't do that. Okay. And we shouldn't do it either. And that's what this this father. This is what I'm seeing in his righteousness. You know, he saw his son coming when he hugged him, interrupted, didn't let him place himself where he was going to place himself. Okay. He brought him back home. Now, going on with the story. But no, real quick, I want to stop. <clears throat> he came back home. Um, a few months ago, was it a few months ago? Yeah, about, about a month ago. There was a, uh, a family, well, actually a mother and father, that had to evict their 30-year-old 30, 30 son out of their home. Did anybody hear about that? Yeah, think about that. Okay. You know, now, <clears throat> just, just think about that for a moment. You know, what, what was going on there, okay? This son, 30 years old, you know, he had a job. He lost his job, living at home with mom and dad. And, you know, I was reading about the story because it, it was just kind of interesting to me. And, but the, interest, the interesting statement to me that the son made was, I'm not a burden on them. 
And just think about it. Maybe you were, you were not a burden. But go back to what we were saying earlier. Why not just go on with your life, though? Whether you're a burden or not, okay? Go on with your life. Learn what life is about. That's, that's what you should do. Learn what life is about. Because one of the things about learning what life is about, you'll learn that you can't do this by yourself. That'll give you just that much more understanding of thinking about what God can do for you. Yes. See? Instead of, you know, so I'm looking at that. So I just, I just thought of while we was looking at that. We were looking at one son that wanted to go, and here's another son that don't want to go. Okay? So, you know, it's just, it's interesting. But people are people. And, uh, and they're very interesting. And uh, I love people. They're difficult to love, but I love them. Okay, <laughs> and every one of you should too. <laughs> so let's keep going here. <laughs> That's funny, huh, Carl? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, well, the young son is back now, and the father threw a feast. Now we're going to look at the older son here for a moment, and how the father deal with him. Okay, because this is another another. Uh, one of those areas where impartiality plays a role, okay? Because the son was back, and as parents, how many times have you heard, especially if you've got more than one sibling, that's not fair? How many times have you heard that? I mean, over and over. That's, any, that's not fair. I, I have two grandsons, and that's, that's not fair all the time, you know? And sometimes you have to kind of separate them and you try to explain why you want to do this for that one, that one, you know. But it's like, that's not fair, okay? And that's some of what was taking place with the other son here. But these are, not, these are adults. But we still do it as adults. Just because they grow old, they don't go out of style. They don't go out of fashion. You just have to use different wording, okay? But you still do it. Um, <clears throat> so he came back, and he realized what his father was doing. His father was overjoyed. Now, let me, but I want to, you know, we're talking about the son. He went away and he swanted his wealth. But I want to kind of, there are some other things that happens here when children go away. And I want to bring this in, in it too. There's, there are children that, get, that leave home to drugs. There's children that leave home to alcohol. Bad relationships. Gambling. There's a lot of things that draw children away from the parents or the guardians of the parents. The same thing, but once again, these are all things that draw us away from God, too. Okay? And that's why I want to put this in. And, and sometimes, you know, and, and it, it, it is, it's hard because you're trying to continually bring them back. And, and, I, and I've, I've had, had families Swander their wealth, trying to rehabilitate and bring them back. Go, I've seen, seen them go through that, how far they're willing to go. Because you love them. And so this is, the, and, and, and the reason I want to say this is, look at how far our father go. Amen. The death of his son to bring us back. Okay. So these are the things that I see 
in this story. And this is why I wanted to share it with you. Okay. So the young son, the older son come back and he's angry. He's, you know, the, the word I use for him is hard hearted. Okay. And, I, you know, and, you know, and bringing, you know, fast forwarding, just kind of making it something else we can relate to. The old, the older son is somewhat of a legalist. Okay. In other words, father, I stayed with you. I did everything you asked me to do. So I deserve, okay? And, you know, that's, I, I understand that thinking. But our father is merciful, too. Because even though he stayed with his father, okay, forgiveness wasn't there. Because his father was trying to get him to understand. Forgive your, forgive your younger brother. And he didn't want to do that. So what did that place him all of a sudden? Did that leave him in a place for God's grace? Not for the moment. Okay, because now his heart needed to be worked on. Okay. So this is, this is why I'm looking at this father. I'm looking at how he's handling this and how he's making decisions here. Okay. And he goes on. He does explain to the son why. They should be thankful to have him back. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. here we go. But I want to talk a little bit more about that interruption of the father, why, why he did that. Okay. You know, God know if he do not interrupt us, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And that's why in, in some cases he put loved ones. Sometimes he put people that can help us. He's constantly interrupting us. And what we need to do is slow down and take notice. And this is what this father is doing. Okay. Because I, I don't think this young man realized the significance of coming back, how happy it made his father. It made his father very happy. <clears throat> now, before I get away from the, the other son, though, also, when he was rehearsing what he was going to say to his father, that was true repentance. Okay. See, repentance, you have to really Make up your mind to change the, the direction you're headed. Okay? And that's what this individual did. And that's what the father saw that. And all he needed to hear was, I have sinned against you and heaven. You and heaven. That was all he needed to hear. Okay? He wasn't concerned with the judgment. Because, see, the, the son wanted to place a judgment on himself. That wasn't what the father was concerned about. Okay. Yeah. And see, these are the things that God is doing for us. Okay. God is doing these things for us. Now, let's, let's take a look at the next son. The, <clears throat> the father made this statement. Uh, where are you? The son said, Father, uh, we move beyond that one. 
Okay, I'm sorry. In the conversation between the father and the older son, it was an interesting conversation. Uh, there was some wording that I, I, I like that was there. <clears throat> and the, the wording was this. Starting in 29. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, okay, you ever heard that expression before? Mothers, fathers, when, when, you, when the children act up, all of a sudden they become somebody else's. They're not yours. <laughs> okay. This son of yours who has swandered your property, where prostitutes come home, you kill and fatten the cat. And this is the father. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours. See how the father did that? Okay. We are all connected. We are all connected. Okay? We have some type of relationship. And that's why I think this is such a valuable thing that this father did. So with that, that's the information that I'm going to give to you. This is why I feel fathers are very important to be esteemed. But to do that, we must have God with us. So we're going to close now. That is the gospel. It's in the gospel. These are the words of our words of our Lord. Take them for what they were. And remember, the idea, the reason we are here is to serve God. And if you are separated from God, to give you an avenue to come back to God. So, all right.